Welcome to the Mind Body Podcast, your rebellious podcast about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. I'm your host, Maria Angelova, creator of the Angelova Method, an integrative approach to mind and body connection. The Angelova Method redefines your success equation to include a healthy body and a healthy mind and was developed based on work with, with hundreds of clients as well as my personal journey, creating the life I want, ditching stress and anxiety as a financial professional, and stepping into living a life of limitless possibilities. Hi Rebels, welcome to the Mind Body Podcast, your rebellious podcast with me, your host Maria, where it is all about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. And today we have a very special guest, and that is Victoria, I'm going to say the Eastern European web, Kirillov, <laughs> who is the founder of Wealth Analytics and Divorce Analytics. And I'm so excited to talk to Victoria because one, I follow her online, and that is how we connected. And she is fabulous and fun. And I do love entrepreneurs who can totally embrace the fun side of life and really build a tremendous business. So congrats, congratulations on that, Victoria. Oh, and, um, I'm also excited for you to share your wisdom with all of us. So with that, let's dive in, shall we? Let's hear three words that tell us who Victoria is and a little bit of a backstory behind each word. Well, I would have to say that the three words that best describe me are confidence, intelligence, and hustle. Okay. Uh, confidence comes from my dad. My dad was a Russian nuclear engineer that was recruited by the CIA. Um, we're American, but uh, my dad had a fantastic life before me and he moved to the private sector before I was born and invented a type of train break. And um, he, being the only child, my father was grooming me to take over the family businesses from a very early age. And he would always say, Victoria, as a woman, you will be discounted the moment you walk into a room. But that is really your superpower because with your intelligence, and don't forget, you are always my kid, you will be able to outthink them and outmaneuver them. So don't ever let a man make you feel less than. And I think that was great advice because he threw me into his board of director meetings when I was three years old and I grew up being able to handle highly uh, intelligent men that had strong opinions. And that was the perfect training for my life as an entrepreneur and a wealth engineer. Um, I would say <laughs> it was a wonderful experience for sure. Um, my intelligence is another gift from my dad, but um, he would always tell me that if it cannot be expressed in numbers, it cannot be expressed at all. And I got my report writing career started when I was eight years old. I wanted a pony. I mean, what little girl doesn't want a horse? <laughs> and my dad realized that this was a great opportunity to teach me how to do a, a, lifestyle, a life cycle cost analysis for the horse. Okay. Um, and really, you know, removing my emotions from this highly desirous experience and focusing on the financial facts. And so... I was able to convince my parents to buy me a horse because I did the homework and I realized that, you know, we were spending a lot of money on all of my activities. My mom had me in ballet, piano, she had private tutors. I mean, I was a very structured child 
And I realized that I wasn't going to have the time for this anymore. So we were able to reallocate those resources from those activities and put them towards the horse. And so I had a wonderful opportunity to realize the power of being a numerical communicator from a very early age. And that just was the springboard for my, I guess, the rest of my life. Um, and then hustle. I mean, nothing gets done in this world until you take the steps to do it. Um, you know, actions really demonstrate your like your place in the world and words are wonderful, but they really mean nothing. And it's only what you do in this world that is going to get you out of a bad situation or make a good situation great. Yeah. And I do have to say, <clears throat> I'm chuckling because I think those Eastern European parents, you know, the way they raised us, they definitely, you know, they kind of teach you how to be independent from a young age, which I think is such a gift um, because it's one thing to learn something at a young age than when you go to college and you have to figure out life. And I had responsibilities from a very young girl. And one thing that I now realize how smart my parents were, they always say, you can make the choice and the consequence is yours. And it's just a very different way. It makes you pause and really think, do I really want to do that? Mm -hmm. And then just like you, I was in every kind of tutoring that there was out there. I was in it. I mean, I took piano, I took Bulgarian, I took Bulgarian literature, I took algebra, I took geometry, I took Russian, I took English. I mean, you name it, I had private tutoring in it. So I can so relate to your story and it's just like, yeah. And the hustle thing, I also that, you know, with all of that, I think comes that determination of knowing that, you know, you're just like everybody else. You can do whatever you want to. And having that mindset of the world is your, take action and conquer it. Well, I think education is the number one thing that my dad taught me. He would say, you don't need to know the answer, but you need to know where to get it. And I think that with Google these days, the world is at your fingertips. You just need to be, you have to have that hustle and that determination to actually do the hard work and to get yourself out of the situation. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I come from a family of academia. And for me, like education was a very high priority list in my family. And it's so interesting because once I started getting on my personal growth journey, when I got into entrepreneurship and I, you know, I did not grow up with pretty much any entrepreneurship. You know, I grew up in Bulgaria, which was communist country. There was no private ownership. Mm -hmm. My aunt started her private business. I should know when, but it was like late in the game. I was grown up. And she was, she's the only entrepreneur that I know from my side of the family. And when I started my journey, I was like a top, you know, highest honor type of student always. I found out that there were so many things about life and my mindset that I didn't know. And I was like, how is it possible that somebody who is so educated, like top performer, blah, 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 doesn't know who she is. And that was for me, a very opening experience, which is, I'll be honest with you, like the way I'm, I have a 13 year old daughter, I am like, I want her also to be very life smart and to know herself and to also know what she wants out of life. Cause I was like very structured into what I should want out of life. I don't mm -hmm. know if you can relate to that. Oh yes. Well, my dad did a good job of teaching me some street smarts. Um, you know, Education is empowering, but you need to know how it actually applies to the real world. 
And there are so many, um, you know, when I am a divorce negotiator and part of that, I need to figure out what each person's motivations are. And if you don't understand true with any negotiation, if you do not understand what each person wants, you're not going to be able to solve the problem. And a lot of that, uh, most people struggle with verbalizing what they want, let alone with telling someone else that. And so you kind of have to read between the lines and pull on those street smarts to really find out what their hidden meaning is. Yeah. And that's the same thing that I figured out because I frequently ask clients, well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. They're like, well, (laughs) it's like that question has never been posed because it's like, well, I've been told what I want, but I've never really thought about what I truly want. So it's a very opening question. And you deal actually with people in situations of high stress, which, you know, creates a different dynamic and urgency and Fear, you deal with people in times of crisis a lot of times, right? I do. Let's talk a little bit about that and what happens to emotions when um, the urgency and the red flags are going on and the red, you know, the warning signals are going on. Like what happens to people and you deal with money. So Mm -hmm. those are two, like, it's very interesting to hear your perspective on the two coming together. Well, money is an imaginary object and it enables us to project a lot of our hopes and dreams, but also our fears onto it. And if you are emotionally dysregulated, it will definitely show up in your spending habits. And, you know, being um, an American, we are inundated with a lot of consumption um, advertising ideas. And I think it's by the time you're three, you're going to have seen over a million ads and that just comes into your psyche. And so a lot of people, they they have unmindful money habits. And it's only when they go through a divorce or death that they then have to take stock of how they were using money to hopefully further their life. But oftentimes they find that money is making their lives worse. And money is a great tool because it enables you to solve problems But on the other hand, it can also hide the consequences of your actions from you. I think we have so many, uh, a few years back, there was an affluenza case where a young man, uh, I think he actually killed somebody and his defense was he was so affluent that he never understood the consequences of his actions up until now. And that is a very hard pill to swallow. But from my experience, Wealth can be incredibly destructive because it insulates you from the real world. And Mm -hmm. so when you go through a divorce or death, you need to be mindful that this is a financial transition and you can use this experience as a period of rebirth and recalibrate where you currently are so you can live your best life. Um, money is an incredible resource. And if you are in alignment uh, with your emotions, you're going to be able to make a lot better financial decisions. Yeah. When we react, and especially in the context of money, right? Because a lot of us associate money with um, our position in society, Mm -hmm. with how we define success, with how we define who we are, um, with, you know, the house we have, the car that we have and so forth. It can be scary if that can be pulled away. And I will tell you, I have observed friends who have gone through divorces 
And sometimes I'm surprised because they're like, well, the first thing I have to figure out is money. And I'm like, really? Like with everything else that you've got going on? But it's that fear of instability because money is also stability and safety. Mm -hmm. And that can be pulled away from you when everything else is unstable because you're going to a transition, whether it's a divorce or death or whatever else. It's a scary, scary thing. It certainly is. And most people are not aware that divorce is really a financial transaction that has an emotional and a legal component to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people skip over the emotional and financial side and they jump straight into the legal component and it is incredibly destructive. It costs so much more money when you begin at the end uh, instead of dealing with your emotions, getting your financial facts right, and then determining what legal model best fits your family's uncoupling needs. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is when we are reactive and when we make decisions, when, you know, I um, I love this one example of a friend and she was actually considering divorce and she was, her mind was so overwhelmed of, I have this going on and this going on and this going on and that going on. She's like, what should I do? And I was like, one thing for sure, not make a decision right now because you're not in a good place right now. You're so overstressed and so overwhelmed that right now it is not a time to make a big decision like that. Uh, But that is not something that we think about. And frequently we're so used to suppressing the emotions. Well, I'm going to deal with those later. And that later to what you're talking about comes and bites you in the butt. It does. And it's stated that you lose about 20 IQ points when you're going through a major life transition like a divorce because of the stress related to it. And so you need to have a good divorce team in place that's going to help you make those sound decisions. Otherwise, you're going to make decisions that are out of alignment with your bigger goals. We interrupt this episode with a very special announcement. Please join us for a wellness retreat in Bali in April 2024. Inner Alchemy, the art of living fully. For more info, check episode description. Yeah, and I and that I think that's a very key word and a word that I love. Alignment is mm-hmm. when we are in overwhelm, in a state of overwhelm or anxiety or fear, we don't even know what it. To begin with, most of us are not self-aware, and then when you put all of that on top, it just creates a recipe for disaster. It certainly does. And so I think one of the most important things you can do is have a great self-care routine. Um, Our emotions get trapped in our body. A lot of us are operating in our sympathetic nervous state. And so you need to be able to shift into your parasympathetic. Um, And so to kind of break that down, your sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight or freeze part of your response. Um, And the parasympathetic is the rest and digest. And when you are in the restful part of your nervous system, you're able to actually connect with your highest self and make decisions that are going to benefit you in the long run. But a lot of us have no idea how to shift that. And it's kind of simple, actually. It comes down to your breath. Your breath is the number one thing that actually um, connects to your nervous system. And so there's something called the vagal nerve that connects your heart and your mind And it will either act as a gas pedal or a break on your emotional regulation. So doing simple breath work every day is one of the best tools you can actually deploy while you're going through a major life transition. 
And, you know, like in my experiences, again, a lot of people don't have a self-care toolkit, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as basic things as sleep. Yeah. Like, right. Instead of when we're stressed out, what do we do? We binge watch TV. We're exhausted. Then we can't sleep. Then we can't get up. Now we're snappy. Now we're even more reactive. That doesn't help your nervous system into what you were talking about, sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system. How you eat, your movement. Like, are you sitting on social media and comparison to yourself to others, how great their life is and how miserable your life is because now this is happening to you. And then I would say from what I see is a lot of times when people go in times of crisis, what is the number one thing that they take away? Have you seen it in your world? Well, it is there's self-care. Yeah. Self-care goes out the window. Is yes. If there's kids involved, the kids get prioritized in actuality, you have to put the life, the oxygen mask on yourself first. So then you can be fully conscious and aware of how you can best show up for everyone else in your life. That is exactly right. And I have to remind people that what you're doing, it's a choice. And you, you know, once again, we're not taught to prioritize ourselves. We're not taught about the nervous system. We're not taught about how things, how stress impacts us, how stress shifts mm-hmm. us from one nervous, uh, one part of the nervous system to another. And these are such key things that, especially in a time of stress, self-care is the best thing you can do mm-hmm. for yourself. So, and I'm really glad you're talking about that because that is the world I live in. And I see how people, you know, prioritize things. And I have to be that like, hey, this is something you want to consider. But to what you're talking about, it has huge implications into the choices, which are choices for a lifetime, Right. So true. And people don't realize that when they're stressed out, they'll actually hold their breath. And that forces your body into that sympathetic state even further. And you're having the same reaction. Our biology has not caught up. And so you're having the same reaction as if a tiger is on your tail, um, if somebody is tailgating you too closely. And if you don't know how to shift your nervous system it's going to be incredibly detrimental because your biology is still, you know, back in caveman days. So thankfully we have a lot of education and awareness, but you actually have to sit down and do it. And I think it goes back to that determination and setting up a routine for yourself. And the the number one thing I ask my clients when they're going through a divorce is what is your self-care routine? Because if you are not mindful about this, it is going to, as you said, go out the window and you're going to be left a hollow shell of yourself. And this is the time of life when you need to be on your game. You need to be showing up as your best self, aware of your financial facts, but also you need to connect with how you want to be living your life after the event is over. Um, Most people experience something called decision fatigue. And this occurs when you're under high periods of stress and you have made so many decisions that your brain will actually just throw in the towel and say, I don't care, whatever's going to get me out of the situation, let's do that. Well, oftentimes this is detrimental because the first divorce uh, proposal idea that comes across the table from the other side is not going to meet your needs. And if you're out of alignment with what your bigger goals are and if you're stressed out, you might accept a settlement that is going to lead you to have a negative post-divorce life. So getting back to who you are and who you want to be after this is over is essential to prevent that decision fatigue from occurring. 
So well said. So well said. What are some of the, I, I know that one of the things that you do is you make things clear for people, right? So when the stress is high, when the alarm system is going on and people are emotionally charged, mm -hmm. on, besides self-care, how do you help them get clarity into like, okay, what are the next steps? Well, depending on the life transition that you're going through, um, like with, well, there's different procedures. And with a divorce, the number one document is a financial affidavit, which is your financial disclosure. And so this is essentially all of your financial facts of the marriage, and it serves as the basis for your proposal uh, settlement negotiation process. So I take a step back and we actually help clients drill down on what the financial landscape of their marriage is so they can come up with good settlement ideas that are in alignment with the, what their realities are. And so what that generally looks like is somebody, most oftentimes, um, a lot of my female clients get heavily invested into the home. Uh, when I was going through my separation with Voldemort, I was so obsessed with my house because I had fallen out of love with him. Um, but that house was actually a financial albatross around my neck. And it was just a lot of property and it was okay with two incomes. But now as I was separating from him and I had to support my own self, I had to take a hard look at the fact that the house was not going to be a beneficial item for me. And in fact, it was going to lead me to financial ruin. And so I was able to let the numbers do the talking and it made my decision to sell the marital house so much easier because I understood my bigger picture was to grow my business and to take all of my income and to funnel it towards that as opposed to my house. And the house was great, but you yeah. know, yeah, exactly. So many people come out of divorce, house, uh, house rich, cash poor, and then they later have to sell the house because they don't have enough money to support themselves. Yeah. And it just is a horrible event that could have been avoided. And I think another important point that you make, Victoria, is that we get attached to things mm -hmm. and emotion that goes back to emotions, right? Because we have good memories. We have maybe raised children or whatever it is that you have going on. And we don't really think again long-term. It's a very short view of whatever it is that we are attached to. And getting that clarity of, and the right questions asked of, can you support paying for the mortgage of that house? Can you support paying the utility bills on that house? I mean, simple questions like that, that you, in the moment when you want what you want, because perhaps you're throwing a tantrum because, and maybe you want to be revengeful, right? Mm -hmm. um, depending on the situation, does it serve you well? Which goes back to being calm and collected and how that would serve you. Yeah. yeah I love it. What is... um. With what you do, what's one piece of advice or a favorite quote you can share with us, Victoria? You never know how strong you are until you're pushed. Mm. And I think I have lived this my entire life, but you know, we live fantastic lives. And for the most part, we're never pushed beyond our comfort zone. But it's only when you move past that area of comfortability and into the discomfort do you truly find out what you're made out of? And it has been an incredible experience for me, not only to use my own separation as the fertilizer for my own business, but 
to see others navigate this. And a lot of people, when they are facing a divorce, especially if it's not one that they wanted, it's overwhelming and they they view it as a negative experience. But in actuality, the divorce is a period of rebirth. It's going to enable you to come into alignment, to live more true to your highest self. And you just have to change your mindset. You have to have a good self-care routine. You have to have a good divorce team. But when you are handling each uh, each phase of the divorce itself appropriately, this is a great launch pad to the rest of your life. And it sounds weird, but really this is an empowering process and you're only able to really ex ex uh, expand who you are as a human being once you're able to navigate all of these components. So I think I so agree with you. I think as many things in life, we have a choice into how you see them. And we can see a divorce as a victim, especially like you said, if you don't want it, or you can see it as I'm opening a new chapter of a new book and I'm going to write my story in there however I want to. We realizing it is scary, it is uncomfortable, not discounting that. I totally agree with you that we experience, actually I was having a conversation with a client and he was saying something to the effect like, can we move forward? Like I want to move faster through this stage. And I said, you know, we grow the most into those periods of our lives when we don't get what we want and things are not going our way because that's when it is uncomfortable and that's when you have to dig deep and uncover more of who you are like and what you want because how often do we go through life just going through the motion and when you go through an experience like that it makes you pause and think what's next and to your point realizing that you have the power to create the life that you want that could be next, right? Love it. Um, Victoria, what is your definition of rebellious? Rebelliousness is doing what you want in the face of adversity and not backing down um, and really coming into your truest self regardless of the situation around you. Love it. That's kind of how I define it too. So Victoria, where can people find you, follow you? I know you're big on LinkedIn. But um, what other platforms, website, how can people find you, connect with you, follow you? Um, on Instagram, we're at, at Divorce Analytics. Our website is divorceanalytics.com. Um, and you can follow me on LinkedIn at Victoria Kurloff. Awesome. Victoria, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you. And it's such a joy to meet you in person. Uh, Rebels, do you connect with Victoria? Do you ask if you have any questions? Do hope you find this episode helpful and insightful and it got you to think whether you're going through a divorce or not. There is a lot of wisdom in what we talked about. And as always, make sure that you stay rebellious. We will see you next time. Did you enjoy the conversation? Like, subscribe and share with your friends. Want to redefine your success equation to include a healthy body and a healthy mind? Check out our website at rebellious-studio.com.